your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome again to the Locked On NHL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host from Locked On Avalanche, Chris Maselli. Joining me today, filling in for Adam. Denker from Locked on Lightning is Gil Martin from Locked on Islanders. Gil, thank you for uh, sitting in for the busy Adam Denker for today. I appreciate well, thanks it. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> Always. Uh, so, yeah, we are going to tackle the Central Division and uh, all the hosts, including myself, because the Avalanche are into this, this Central Division. Uh, we have videos ready and waiting uh, from top to the bottom. So uh, we're going to get to each one of them here in a minute. But first, thank you for making this show your first listen of the day. It is always appreciated. And uh, Gil, you host the Monday show of Locked On NHL, correct? That's correct. All right. And then the, I can also find you, like I said, on Locked On Islanders. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, yeah, we're going to get into the Central. I know it's not your uh, division, but... You, how much do you pay attention to the Central Division these days? I, I pay attention to the whole league. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, obviously the Islanders and and the Metropolitan Division get the bulk of my attention. But sure. hey, I've been a hockey fan for longer than I'd like to admit. So yeah, <laughs> yes, that is the right answer. By the way, <laughs> and I remember the Colorado Rockies, let alone the Avalanche. Oh so. man, yes, <laughs> yes, you are dating yourself there. So. Yes, I am. Yeah. Well. Let's start with uh, myself. Why not? Let's let's get me out of the way here and uh, dive right into the the avalanche season preview for uh, the, the central division. A lot of people think that they are uh, not only the favorite in the division, but the a favorite in the league. So uh, the five questions that you will hear asked, I answer and all, all of our hosts were a- answer pretty much the same questions. Uh, but why don't we dive into my answers for these ones? Sound like a plan? Let's do that. So here is my take on this season's Colorado. How's it going, everyone? Chris from Lockdown Avalanche here, and I'm going to do a quick season preview for you and the Colorado Avalanche and kind of what's expected of them for this season and answering kind of five big questions uh, for the abs. And so let's get started. So the single biggest storyline for the avalanche this year, I think I'm going to cheat and give you two. One, we'll get out of the way. I think it's, is every, everybody's watching. Can they win the Stanley cup? They are the favorite going in. So naturally that is going to be a big question, maybe on a, a slightly smaller scale than that. I think everyone's going to be looking at Darcy Kemper and the goalie situation they got. Well, they didn't get rid of Philip Grubauer. He signed, obviously, with Seattle. They brought in Kemper. Can he replicate and even be better than what Grubauer was? They need him to be. A lot of eyes are going to be on him in the goalie situation for the Avalanche. And then it gets even more interesting after the season is over because he only has one year left on his deal. And it's kind of, you know, if he plays well, do the Avalanche try to sign him and bring him back? And what is playing well? Is it just matching Grubauer's stats and kind of being that guy that Grubauer was? Or is it winning the cup 
if you win the Stanley Cup with the guy that replaced Philip Grubauer, you almost have to re-sign him. But the Avalanche aren't thinking about that too much right now. They're thinking about let's go as far as we can. And like I said, when you are the favorite, uh, everybody's gonna everybody's eyes are gonna be on how far do the Avalanche go and how far can Darcy Kemper and goal take them. So those are two big storylines to watch for the Avalanche this season, which kind of leads into what is this season success going to be? What when you look at the season and at the end of the season, you'll say it was a successful season because it's so difficult to hang your hat on or just predict a Stanley Cup championship. It's so tough to do, especially in the NHL. <clears throat> but short of that, I think if the Avalanche can at least make the Stanley Cup final, I think that would satisfy a lot of fans. Obviously, when you get there, you want to win it. But the second round is proven to be <laughs> the a, a monster to get over for the Colorado Avalanche. So if they can get beyond that and get to at least the Stanley Cup final, I think that will hold fans and maybe even the front office over maybe for one more year. And then if that's the case, if they get to the cup final and and lose it, I think next year fans are like, okay, now we've now we're we're progressing. (laughs) We're progressing to now we get to the cup final. Now next year, all bets are people are maybe even saying this year, all bets are off. We have to win it. I'm not going to go that far just because it's so tough to say, win the championship or the season is a failure. But yeah, I think a lot of people will be let down if the Avalanche don't win it. They are built to win this thing. So uh, they are going to go, they're going to go out and, and, and attempt to do that as best as they possibly can. But so are 31 other teams. So it's not just going to be handed to them. They have to go out and earn it. So yeah, it's, a, it's the toughest championship to win in sports. So I think if you can at least make the cup final, because you haven't been there before, I think that's uh, you, you can chalk that up as a as a success. So therefore, what would an unsuccessful season be? Uh, again, if you lose another year in the second round of the playoffs, and even you know anything less than that. I mean, if you lose in the first round, clearly that's not going to be a successful season. If you lose in the second round, that is another year that you've lost in the second round. If you lose in the conference finals, I think people would think that would be an unsuccessful season for the Avalanche. You can't be the the Stanley Cup favorite now two years in a row and not at least make the cup final. So I would say, yeah, if, if they get eliminated again earlier than the cup final, I think a lot of people would say that is an unsuccessful season. Uh, who's a relatively unknown player on the team that could be a household name by season's end? The Avalanche have really stockpiled a lot of prospects. And this is the first year that they're really going to rely on a good number of them at some point throughout the season. And I think a lot of people will always talk about Alex Newhook and Bo Byram. I think those guys will be on the roster day one, probably won't be going anywhere for the duration of the season. It's one of those guys that maybe, maybe won't be, but he's had a really good preseason and he could have earned his spot on the roster and that is Sampo Ranta. It was their third round pick back in 2018 uh, and I think a lot of people are going to be saying steal of the draft 
uh, after this season is over. Could be a household name just based on his name anyway. It's kind of a cool name. So I think a lot of people are going to know who Sampo Ranta is. He's already making a name for himself uh, in the preseason. He's got a shorthanded goal in the preseason. Uh, and, and there's not a lot of space available on the Avalanche roster. And there's really one maybe two at the most spots up for grabs. He was one of those guys in the mix. He needed to have a really good preseason and training camp to grab one of those spots. He's done everything you could ask him to do to get one of them under his belt. So I think he's earned it. And I was, you know, in the beginning of training camp, I was thinking, I don't think he's going to get it right away. But he's going to go down to the Colorado Eagles in the AHL at some point get brought up. And I felt like then when he finally got his opportunity, he wasn't going to let it go. That opportunity might be right now. I genuinely think he it might be a fourth line spot, uh, but he he's going to produce. And I really think by the end of the year, a lot of people are going to be looking at Sampo Ranta thinking, wow. Uh, the sky's the limit for this kid. And uh, as if the avalanche didn't have enough already coming up through the pipeline, he's arrived. I don't want to say earlier than expected because this is kind of the progression he's been on. But I think uh, shoring up a, a fourth line for him, a lot of people are going to be uh, kicking themselves that they let him fall into the third round. I'll tell you that. So what is my official prediction for the Avalanche for this season? Man, like I said, it, it's so tough when you are the favorite to actually go out and win it. But I'm going to go for broke here and say the Avalanche finally break through, get through the second round. If they can get through the second round, and it sounds odd to say that for a team to say, you got to get through the second round. But when we get to the playoffs... And if the Avalanche can get past the first round, get into the second, there is going to be a monkey on their back, no doubt about it. Everyone's going to be looking at them. Can you get past this round? And if they do, I think they're going to feel the weight just lifted off and just go out and play looser and really feel like, all right, we, we can slay this dragon. I have them in the Stanley Cup final against the New York Islanders, and that will be a dogfight. So I'll even go as far as to say a Colorado Avalanche, New York Islanders, Stanley Cup final where the Avalanche will win it in seven games. Uh, that will be a fantastic cup final, but I do. I think the Avalanche, no. I think after losing last year again in the second round to Vegas, they are using that and the couple years that came before it as motivation as we have to get this done now. If last year never happened – and they won the Stanley Cup, maybe you're talking a little, a little bit different about how everybody's coming after them, and it's going to be a lot tougher. It's going to be tough no matter what. But I think the Avalanche uh, really know what's in front of them, are angry, but at the same time know what they have to do, and I think they're going to do it. So uh, that that's where we stand this year for the Avalanche. Let's drop some pucks and uh, see what they can do. All right, Gil. I have to. Uh, I, I have to. A confession to make. I didn't know you were going to be on this show with me until yesterday. 
Right. So, and, and I recorded that much earlier. So I am not pandering to the crowd right here. Like you I, didn't I set did, me up for that. I huh? did not set you up for that. So, <laughs> uh, but, but I, I said enough. So, so give me your thoughts on, uh, on the abs and anything. You know, I, I love this team top to bottom. And when I look at it, you know, all great teams need to learn how to win. And I think, you know, last year, the Avalanche won the President's Trophy, disappointed by the second round elimination. That's their learning time. That That's when you learn it takes a little more than just having a good team to win the Stanley Cup or get even to a Stanley Cup final. So, you know, as far as what you said to open up, you know, your your video there, I think it is Stanley Cup final or, or bust as far as if, if this team doesn't get there, it will be very disappointing. Yeah. I, I, like I said, if, if, if you, it's so tough to just say you're the favorite and go win it. It's right. tough to, to, to pull through in that. But, you know, making the final, I think, like I said in the video, like will satisfy uh, a lot of people. Yeah, you want to win it when you're there, but uh, you have to be in it to win it. And I hate using that phrase, but it, it's true. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's either way it's, you know, it's, it's a season that avalanche fans are looking forward to. So, uh, it should be an exciting one. Um, all right, we're going to hear from Seth Topol from locked on wild right now. Uh, it's gonna be interesting season for the Minnesota wild. So, uh, let's hear what Seth has to say about it and uh, we'll make some comments on the other side. Hey, everybody, Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild, bringing you a divisional preview of how things will go for the Minnesota Wild this season. Let's start with some of the biggest storylines to watch for this team. Obviously, one of the biggest ones that I'll be keeping an eye on throughout the year is dependent on when Marco Rossi and Matt Boldy make their debuts. These are two of the players that have the biggest potential to uh, really change the uh, the makeup of this roster. And uh, I think especially in Boldy's case, um, can really be an impact player for this team early on. Uh, now, obviously, Rossi has the talent to become uh, what this team is looking for, a number one center. So uh, if those two make the roster right out of the gate, uh, that will be something to watch every single night is to see how they perform. If not, then it will be a question of when do they make it to the wild roster. Uh, So that is definitely, in my mind, going to be something to keep an eye on. Uh, That clock for both, I think, is uh, is gearing up towards them being on the roster to start the season. But we'll just have to wait and see what final decisions are made uh, when we get to that point. Now, for the wild, obviously, going back to the entire NHL schedule, which could lead to a little bit of a regression. Uh, This, however, will be a successful season for the Wild if that is uh, a moot point. If the Wilds come in and they show with the offense that they have put together that I think should be better than last year's team, if they show that that offense can play against the best teams in the NHL, then we're uh, we're going to be doing just fine. If we see step-up performances from a couple of guys. Jewel Erickson Eck, for one, had 19 goals last year. If he keeps that pace and even adds to it a little bit, that's going to be a huge success factor uh, for this Minnesota Wild team. Also, if he uh, allows Kirill Kaprizov 
to uh, to step up his play as well. Uh, that is just going to do wonders for this team. Uh, with the fact that we had Victor Rask as Kaprizov's number one center for the pretty much entire season last year, didn't uh, didn't work particularly well, yet Kirill won the Calder. So uh, it's kind of a wash there. But if Erickson Eck proves that he can be uh, a number one center, uh, this team is going to go a very, very long way um, in the standings and maybe a, a little bit of a deep playoff run as well. So that's one factor that could lead to this being a successful season for the Wild. Obviously, the other, as I just talked about, if Boldy and Rossi both can uh, provide an impact for this team, that's going to do nothing but help the uh, the success of this Wild squad. Now, to the other side of that point, this will not be a successful season if we see some regression from guys who had uh, standout seasons last year. Obviously, Jewel Erickson Eck is one. If his play uh, kind of goes back to that, that defense-oriented center, but he doesn't add much in the way of scoring, uh, that's really going to hurt this team. That's going to limit uh, some of the, uh, the impact players that they get on the offensive side of the ice. So if players like that regress, if the goalie play uh, kind of regresses a little bit, uh, we had uh, a phenomenal season from Cam Talbot last year. If he keeps that play up, this team is going to be just fine. But if his play slips a little bit and uh, Capo Kakinen is not able to uh, to step in and kind of right the ship, that's going to lead to some problems uh, for this Minnesota Wild team as well. And this is, I think, the big one. If we at any point during the season feel the loss in presence of uh, Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi, that's going to be a problem, especially on the defensive end. If they the Wild have not done enough to fill the void left by Ryan Suter, that's going to leave them uh, massively exposed uh, on defense, which could lead to more goals allowed and could lead to uh, a little more pressure put on this Wild offense. Ultimately, though, I think this team will be fine. Uh, I want to key in on one player, though, who you maybe haven't heard much about. And uh, if you listen to uh, the bold predictions that I put down uh, as well, uh, then you know who exactly who I'm talking about. That is Nico Sturm. I think by the end of the season, he could be a guy that uh, a lot of people are impressed by. Uh, I have him scoring 20 goals this year. Uh, just because I think his stock just continues to rise with this team. So if uh, Nico Sturm does that, you'll definitely know his name by the end of the season. And ultimately, all of these things considered, I think the Wild do have enough to uh, be a playoff team. Uh, I think they end up in uh, second place in the Central Division, and I think they do end up winning a playoff series and get to the uh, the second round of the playoffs. So. I would say that's a pretty successful year for the Minnesota Wild. We'll just have to wait and see exactly what happens. Make sure to subscribe to Locked on Wild everywhere, and I will tell you all about what happens with the Minnesota Wild every step of the way this season. All right, Gil. Uh, <clears throat> wow, the, the, the second place Minnesota Wild. And I just I wish he would have said second place to the Colorado Avalanche. I would have just got some satisfaction <laughs> out of it. But it's I couldn't implied. get him to Yeah, it's implied. It's implied. Um, so some good points there, obviously, by Seth. So um I, I do I think they have a really good prospect system in Minnesota. Especially, you know, he mentioned Marco Rossi uh several times. Yeah, he's a guy that I don't know where he stands. I don't follow the wild as closely, obviously. Um, but 
did it sound like he was a guy that started that's that's gonna be in the lineup day one or no is he one of those fringe guys that might come up later on i i think he's gonna start day one okay and uh look this wild team has a lot of talent uh like you said great farm system to me one of the keys for them is they're they're bringing in three new defensemen they lost three defensemen from their top six last year if that transition goes smoothly and they get off to a decent start, I, I think his prediction could be right on the money. If that transition either doesn't work or takes longer, then it'll be a tough fight for them to get to second place. But I think the the turnover on defense, the continuity on defense, the chemistry on defense is going to be important for this team this year. And he, you know, <clears throat> he nailed the thing about uh, Suter and Parisi. Yep. You know, that Leadership. is going to be, yeah, that is going to be watched. And, and that, that is a, a boom or bust move based on what you do this season. You know, f- fans are going to want to know, like if it's an improvement, fans are going to be there saying, okay, smart move. If it's anything less than an improvement, fans are going to be like, why did we get rid of these guys? They, they, we could have used them. I know that, you know, it's a money thing. Uh, but I, I, I think that's, Everything is riding on that those two moves and if it improved the wild at all. So I think a lot of people are going to be watching that to see see if it, if, it, if it had any impact on them. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, <clears throat> all right. Let's uh, get a couple sponsors in and then we'll uh, continue this train moving forward wherever it's going um all right betonline.ag and the football season is back and better than ever and as always betonline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface and even more odds prop bets and contests betonline continues to be the number one source for everything football so head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up and when you do you will get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit and don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. It's bet online where the game starts. <clears throat> also, uh, get upside. It's a incredible new app that. Anyone who buys gas, I'm you, you. I'm sure you're a fuel connoisseur, aren't you, Gil? Yeah, yeah. You know the the best uh, spots in town for uh, to hey, fuel up the car. With the prices going up, you have to be. You gotta be. You gotta uh, be. So you know, listeners are making up to twenty five cents for every gallon of gas that they buy every time that they fill up. All you have to do is download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play, and you can use the promo code Hockey and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that's 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Upside. Once again, download the app for free and use the promo code hockey and you'll get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Uh, so there's some people that are making two to $300 a month with this app. I don't know if they're Uber drivers, but Hey, uh, <laughs> you can do it. So definitely go download the get upside app. And once again, that promo code is hockey. All right. Uh, let's move on to the good people over at locked on predators. 
uh, maybe a team kind of in flux right now. Exactly. I don't know. Like we're, we're, we're kind of used to the Predators being one of those like driving forces in the league and in the division, but are things going in the other direction? I don't know. Let's, uh, let's listen in and uh, find out. Hi, everybody. I'm Nick Morgan from Lockdown Predators with my partner in crime. And Kimmel. And we are here to answer five questions you guys might have about the Nashville Predators this season. And you ready to get going? Let's do this. All right. Question number one. What is the single biggest storyline to watch with your team this season? Okay, so I'm going to go with the carryover of last year's storyline. I think the Predators are going to be very interesting to watch when it comes to goaltending. Of course, UC Saros is going to be in net. My question is, can he start hot and stay hot? And will the offense and defense step up and make it not as crazy a year for him? And is he going to be nominated for the Vesna? I think it could happen. What I about am- you, Nick? I am 100% with you on that. It is going to be goaltending. Goaltending is going to be uh, the determining factor in if the Nashville Predators have success this season. We saw UC Saros kind of for the past two seasons almost single-handedly grab the Predators, drag them across that points line to get in the postseason. If If this is his first year as the starter, if he can maintain the same form he had last year, the Predators are going to be a playoff team. And how about question number two? This will be a successful season for your team if, fill in the blank. If they can take advantage of every little opportunity they're going to get. This team is a retooled Predators team. So we're kind of all going in not knowing what to expect. Well, let's see if they can capitalize on the little things. They're going to make a difference. Key number one, power play. Last year, they lost six games by one goal or less. If they can just capitalize on those little things in special teams like the power play, provide solid support on the kill, maybe they can pull out some extra games and get across the finish line to the playoffs. What about you, Nick? What do you think they're going to need to do this year? Well, for me, they're going to get into the playoffs if the big guns play like big guns. We've been so frustrated with Ryan Johansson, so frustrated with Matt Duchesne. Even Philip Forsberg hasn't exactly been the same form he's been, we saw two or three years ago. They need to step up. And this is probably the last chance they're going to get as a unit to step up and show, hey, we can be the core that leads the team to a Stanley Cup final appearances. If they do that, they may have a chance. And the flip side of that for me, Nick, is that if those guys don't step up, This year's going to be a wash. It's going to be exciting to watch these young guys come in. It's going to be exciting to see them play. But the Predators are going to get nowhere if they don't step up their game. They got to do it. That leads us to question number three. This will be an unsuccessful season for the Predators if... Took the words right out of my mouth here. Matt Duchesne doesn't have the year he's getting paid for. I'm a huge Duchesne fan. I think a lot of this has been circumstantial, but I think so much of the uh, success of this team is going to hinge on him. If Matt continues to be snake bit shooting goals, I think it's going to be a struggle of a year and it's going to be hard to watch. For me, it comes down to the defense. Roman Yossi's got to have an MVP year. If he struggles or if Matias Ekholm struggles, That's going to be a problem. The big thing is they don't have Ryan Ellis to fall back on this year. They traded him to Philadelphia to kind of get younger. They got Philippe Myers. Dante Fabro needs to step into that role. If that defense is not as solid as it's been the past couple of years, 
even if UC Saros is firing on all cylinders, it is going to be a rough year for the Nashville Predators. So you mentioned some younger players we got in. Who is a younger player you think that uh, is going to become a pretty well-known name this season for the Predators? The guy I'm looking for, world Get ready to meet Tanner Janot. Yes. This is everybody's fan favorite from Nashville last season. We all love Tanner Janot on the herd line, but he's more than a fourth line player. He has got some offensive punch and they've, the Predators have started to play him up that lineup a little bit. He's been with Mikhail Granlund this off season. He's going to get a chance to play in preseason games. If Tanner Janot gets in that middle six, potentially as a power forward scoring role, you're you're going to see a star in the making. And yes. what about you? Who is one guy that fans really don't know about across the NHL that's going to be a star for the Preds this year? So I'm going to agree with you wholeheartedly on Tanner Janot. He's going to become he's going to be become something people are talking about. But I also think that Nashville is going to be the site of Cody Glass breaking out and proving to everybody he's coming back from injury and he's going to find a spot on this roster. I think he's going to have a year that's going to stand out and people are going to remember, wait a minute, I think I remember this guy. They're going to be talking about Cody Glass this year. And our last question, let's put each other on the spot. You ready? Okay. What's your official prediction for the Predators this season? All right. I've been known to be an eternal optimist. But I'm going to go ahead and say that we do make it into the playoffs. The Predators are going to make the playoffs. It's going to be a battle. I'm afraid we're going to come out of it in the first round, just like the last two years. Nick, what do you think? You know, I think there's enough talent to be in that conversation right at the end. You know, if this was last year where all you had to do is finish in the top four in the division, I would say we might have a chance. To me, I just think there's too much talent in the Western Conference. I think the Predators finish just outside, but I think that young talent is going to have enough of a good coming out party that the Preds are going to have a good rebuild. All right. Well, let's see what happens. And hey, that's our predictions. Hey, by the way, listen to us every weekday. It's the Locked On Predators podcast. Got to tune in. All right, Gail. So uh, kind of a, a split decision there between uh, Nick and Ann on uh, making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. Um, what, what's your what's your take on the Predators going into this year? You know, I think they'll be competitive. I think they'll go down to the wire. Like last week of the season, they will be fighting for a playoff berth. I think they're going to fall just short just because of all the changes being made on this roster. I think there's a lot of reasons for optimism here, but I think they're a year away from having those changes really start to pay off. Yeah, I, I trust me, I don't take for granted and I don't think you do either because, uh, you know, our, our teams are at the upper echelon of the league or should be at the upper echelon of the league this year. Uh, so we don't have the problem that they mentioned in, you know, their team will only take them as far as their stars will take them. That's not a problem you want to have because if your stars don't perform, you are done for. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's like all your eggs are in that basket and you are just hoping and praying that guys like Matt Duchesne, and I can attest for Matt Duchesne, <laughs> he's not going to come through for you. <laughs> Trust me. Like he, he was good on Colorado. He was, but for whatever reason, ever since he left the avalanche, he just has not been the same player. I, 
I still like him. I still root for him, but he's not a guy that you want, uh, you know, fronting your team and saying, you need to go do this for us. Maybe he turns it around this year. I don't know, but uh, it's, it's tough to, to put all of your hope and pin all your hope hopes on him of, of a few guys on the team. The, the one thing that I like about the Predators and one guy who I do think Nashville fans can pin their hopes on, David Poyle, just the GM. Yeah, I, I think he's a quality guy, and yeah. he won't let this team fall off for any length of time. No, he knows how to find defenders, too. It's, uh, yes. He's great at that. So, yeah. Uh, but, the, you know, I did mention the goalie situation. I, Soros is awesome. He very well could be in the Vesna discussion at the end of the year. But if the rest of the team – is failing him they that he won't be so uh it'll be an interesting team to watch no doubt um another interesting team will be the st louis blues uh maybe underachieved last year and and uh with the divisions the way set up the way that they were everybody was expecting you know vegas colorado st louis to be fighting for one two and three who was going to be number four and that ended up St. Louis was fighting for number four. So, yeah, they had some injuries and stuff like that. It was a wacky season being a shortened season. I get all that. Uh, but what are we going to get out of uh, St. Louis and uh, with the Tarasenko stuff still ongoing? So uh, let's let's hear what we got for the St. Louis Blues for this upcoming season. What's up, guys? This is Josh Hyman with Locked On Blues, here to give my five-minute season preview for your St. Louis Blues. Five minutes, five questions. I'm going to answer all of them. I'm going to be quick, Um, but I got some good ideas. I got some hot takes. So first question, what is the single biggest storyline to watch with your team this season? I think that is the youth of the St. Louis Blues. Blues, there's been a lot of veteran presence on this team in the past, and there still is this year, but a lot of young guys coming in to watch uh, Scott Perunovich, who I'll get into a little bit later. Clem Costin, Jake Neighbors could compete for a spot as well. Jake Wallman, a lot of youth on this roster. A lot of guys without a ton of NHL experience that could make some noise on the team, not to mention Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas as well. Two of the uh, more veteran players on the team, still young though. Um, big chance to prove themselves this year. Uh, question two, what will make this season a successful season for the St. Louis Blues? I think that's easy. This team's going to make some noise in the playoffs. Um, obviously won the Stanley Cup a few seasons ago, um, but since then have found themselves uh, bumped out in the first round of consecutive playoffs. So I, I think fans are a little underwhelmed with how they've followed up that Stanley Cup. I think a lot of fans are expecting a dynasty, and I don't think it's too late for that. And I think this is the season why they where they can really establish themselves as a contender once again. Um, again, a lot of youth on this roster, but some veteran presence as well coming in with Brandon Saad and Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, huge, huge weapons up front for the St. Louis Blues that they brought in there, um, as well as Colton Pareko, you know, returning, uh, hopefully fully healthy and able to maintain his spot as number one defenseman like we saw in that cup run. A um, couple of big departures in Jaden Schwartz and Vince Dunn, but I think this team can bounce back, especially with Jordan Binnington. He can bounce back as well and lead this team to a deep playoff run like we saw back in 2018. Now, the flip side of that, what would make this an unsuccessful season? I think I said it right there, a uh, first-round exit. This team has sort of stayed afloat in the regular season for the past few years, only to um, 
spiral out towards the end um, come playoff time and, and really just fall flat and, and not give the fans a whole lot to, to root for. Um, not a whole lot of close games, not a whole lot of competitive games. And I think if we see something similar to that this year, it would definitely be pretty unsuccessful. Um, again, there were some key departures in Jaden Schwartz and Vince Dunn, but with the additions of Pavel Buchnevich and Brendan Saad, I think uh, the expectations are that this team will make some noise in the playoffs and it would be pretty underwhelming if they are um, a first round exit or something similar again, if they, or if they don't even make the playoffs, I don't even want to get into that, but um, definitely uh, would be anything short of a, a playoff push deep into the second, third round, I think would be pretty unsuccessful in terms of Blues fans' expectations. I uh, hold this team to a high standard, but there's a good reason. A lot of talent on this roster. Um, fourth question, who is a relatively unknown player on the team? That could be a household name by the end of the season and why. If you've been listening to the Locked on Blues podcast, you know who I'm going to say. Um, I think Tommy would have the exact same answer, and that is Scott Perunovich. Scott Perunovich is an undersized defenseman, recently drafted in the second round by the St. Louis Blues after going an entire draft without being picked. Um, so a late bloomer there in Scott Brunovich, but a Hobie Baker winner. Undersized defenseman, we've seen how much they can dominate the league. Um, and guys like Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes, just this quick, speedy offensive defenseman archetype um, that is is taking the league by storm. And Scott Brunovich, in my opinion, is the next one up in that in that race of, of young, exciting defensemen. I think he's going to put up a lot of points. I think he's going to be really comfortable, really at home on the St. Louis Blues blue line. And by the end of the year, not just Blues fans, but everyone in the NHL is going to know his name. And the final question is, what is my prediction for how the season will go? Not successful, not unsuccessful. What do I think is going to happen? Um, in my personal opinion, I think the Blues are going to come out, not slow, but aren't going to come out with a full head of steam because there are a lot of new names on this roster um, there is a little bit of tension with the Tarasenko trade rumors, but as the season goes on, as the new guys sort of acclimate themselves, as the rookies find their way into the lineup and find a solid spot, I think this team is going to be really, really hard to deal with in a stacked central division. I think they're going to put up a lot of wins. They're going to give all their opponents a tough time. Jordan Bennington is going to be a brick wall and net. Colton Pareko is going to be back in his former form, shoring up the defense with just Valk and Tory Krug, who I think is poised to have a breakout season in the blue note, um, get back to his Boston Bruin ways of point production. Not that he didn't have that last year. So a lot to be excited about. I think there's going to be a change in identity this year for the Blues. A lot of offense, a lot of scoring, a lot of wins. So let's go Blues. All right. <clears throat> so there's Josh from uh, one half of the Locked On Blues podcast. And um do you think there's just, you know, when a team wins a Stanley Cup, there's just so much expectation for the next several seasons to kind of repeat that? And do you feel like the Blues are still in that time frame of people are just expecting them to be a player uh, because they, they have that Stanley Cup in their back pocket? Granted, there's so many different players on the team now than than when they won it but it's still associated with the franchise and you're associated with the stanley cup championship team where are we stand with the blues i think i think he, what he said is, is there's a lot of truth to what he said i think they are they are still a very good team and was last year just an aberration and it, we can they can just move on from it i mean you underestimate the blues at your own peril uh <laughs> I'll, I'll say that uh i like the acquisition of brendan sod uh to this team but to me, two keys looking at the Blues. Uh, 
what happens with Vladimir Tarasenko? Obviously, you know, what can they get for him? Or if they have to keep him, can they do that and not hurt the chemistry in the locker room? And then the other thing is, I, I think Jordan Bennington has to bounce back. He had a little bit of an off year last year. And uh, if he gets back to the form that he showed three years ago when they did win the Stanley Cup, this team has a has a chance to be a contender again. So, uh, you know, a lot of talent on this team, but a lot of question marks too, because like you said, there have been so many changes since they won the Cup three years ago. Yeah, I think uh, and, and a lot of changes for for last year. When you have a shortened season like that, you don't have a lot of time to 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 right the ship. So uh, they started out pretty well last year, and then kind of just fell off. And uh, he's thinking they're going to start off a little bit slow this year. But as they get acclimated and you know get some camaraderie going, like like you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Don't don't short. <laughs> don't short stack the uh, the St. Louis Blues because they, they will come after you. So um, a team that I really like going into this season. And if, you know, anybody that listens to the Lockdown Avalanche podcast is listening to this one, uh, you know, a team that I think can can make a run at it is the Winnipeg Jets. I uh, really liked what they did in the offseason. They are a good, strong team. So uh, let's get a preview of what to expect this year from Winnipeg. Hello, friends, and welcome to this special little Locked On presentation for the Locked On Winnipeg Jets. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, and I'm here to talk about a couple of different things uh, about the Jets season, some season predictions that I think might come true, some stuff that might be a little bit of a cause for concern. But let's talk about first the biggest storyline to watch with the team. So the Jets are trying to make the postseason, obviously. It's been a rough past couple of years where Winnipeg has maybe lacked a little bit when they've made their playoff runs. I think we've seen a team that quite honestly, has had some suspensions, some major injuries. We've missed Mark Shifley in two consecutive playoff runs, which we can't really survive without Shifley, let's be honest. There's no other center for this team that can really take up that mantle. So for the Jets, obviously, maintaining health is a really big thing. But I think this is Winnipeg's big cup window bash, I would say. So for the Jets, the biggest storyline is, can they make a deep run? I think we know that the uh, obviously the overhaul defense is a big deal. But the bottom six has made a lot of improvements, and maybe there's a real contending team here. If Maurice is actually capable of allowing the team to really cut loose and have more offensive leeway, I think this team is honestly better positioned to make a run than it has been previously. Now, this will be a successful season if the Jets make the playoffs and advance, in my opinion, at least two rounds. I think anything less than two rounds would be a, a serious problem. You know, the first round is okay. You go through maybe like a wildcard team or something. But the second round where you're in like a divisional matchup against another central team, that's a big deal. Now, if the Jets face the Colorado Avalanche and they lose, I don't think that would really be construed as a massive failure. Would it be disappointing? Yes. But would it be a failure? No. So as long as the Jets can play really competitive, fun hockey, I think for me that is the biggest concern. If they don't, and this could be an issue as we head throughout the season, and maybe they crash out in round one and it looks like a team that's just not really prepared for the postseason and isn't playing the kind of hockey that, you know, Jets fans really want to see. I might consider that a failure. I feel like Winnipeg really needs to get past the first round and honestly make a good showing for round two. If they can advance past that and maybe even move on to like, say, a conference final, that'd be awesome. I'm not expecting it, but I would love to see it. it you know, it, it would be a failure if, of course, they, they miss the postseason 
And really, they just don't give us the fun, exciting hockey that we know this team is capable of. But I'm going to cut the team a little bit of slack this year. I think that they're going to be a lot more fun to watch. I'm personally optimistic. I'm leaning towards a good playoff run, a good regular season. And I think the Jets are going to be a genuinely fun team to watch. Now, if you're looking for like a player that you might want to track who's relatively unknown and might be a real difference maker, you know, Evgeny Svechnikov for me is probably the one that stands out. If you haven't seen him in preseason, Evgeny looks great. I think he's been a fun player. He's very dynamic. He seems like he's constantly in the right positions offensively. And I think that there's a lot there to, to work with. So I think the Jets are going to give him a nice contract. I think he'll play for Winnipeg this year. It looks like he'll be slotted somewhere in the bottom six. We're actually going to get a chance to see him over the next couple of days. And maybe he'll even be on a line with Harkins or Veselainen. Uh, you know, is he going to be like a high impact player? I don't know. I think he's going to be a really fun guy and he's going to bring a nice scoring element to Winnipeg's bottom six. But if we're looking for like a really elite offensive player, I don't know if that's the kind of guy we're getting. 10 to 15 goals, not out of the question. I think that's entirely possible, especially if he gets some like special teams deployments. But more than that, I think would probably be a little bit like gravy, I would say. You know, expect 25 to 30 points as like a, a nice ceiling. And anything more that you get out of that is just super great. Uh, and so, you know, I think the biggest question with this team is, after all of the improvements, where do the Jets stand? And what do we think is going to happen with the season? Personally, I think they're going to make the playoffs. And I think they're going to at least make a really good run to try and push for the conference finals. I think they will fall to Colorado if the Avs survive their first couple of rounds. But I think the Jets still have a good shot. Winnipeg will finish in the top three of the Central. I think that they'll pretty much go through anyone that they face in the first round. But the second round where they might face some of the tougher opponents, like, say, Colorado, um, yeah, that one is going to be a tough one. It's going to depend how the seeding kind of works out. If the Jets get some softer teams, maybe, like, I don't know, if Dallas makes it or, or like, Nashville or maybe the Blues, I think those are teams the Jets can handle. But if they get Colorado, unfortunately, it's going to be a bit of a short-run playoff. So I think Winnipeg will at least make the postseason and do it in pretty good form. It's just once you get to, like, the second and, and subsequent rounds, I think Winnipeg might have a little bit of an issue. We'll see if the depth holds out and if this, this team can really show us like some really good offensive hockey. I think that's the big thing that I want to see, as well as improved commitment to defense, but mostly just score lots of goals and have fun. That's what I want to see. I think the Jets have a good opportunity to make the top three and honestly make a good playoff push. We'll find out in just a couple of weeks if this team is primed for more than just a playoff appearance or if, again, this season might end in a little bit more of a disappointing note. If you want to follow us throughout the season, be sure to follow us on Twitter at HLivingWilco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. And we're always on your favorite podcasting platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, the Odyssey app, and now YouTube. Check us out at Locked on Winnipeg Jets. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great one and go Jets go. All right. Um, so Harrison from Locked on Jets. Uh, I I like what he said about yeah. I like this team. I do. I think and, I do too. They're 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 going to be a fun, uh, energetic, exciting team. And when you play in that arena, that they can lift you up to a couple extra wins. There's a couple arenas around the league that like I would fear going into just because it's so electric. Vegas is one. Winnipeg is another one. Um, but he, you know. I think he's right. I think this team maybe is another year or two away from really progressing, but they will be a good regular season team and get into the playoffs and who the heck knows what can happen. 
Yeah, no doubt. And, and I think part of it is goaltending. They have such solid starting goaltending that it keeps them in almost every game that they play in. You mentioned the arena being an advantage. Chris, you've got to be loving all the respect you're getting from your division oh, I, opponents like, here in these videos. I'm sitting back and enjoying it. Yeah, <laughs> I, but but I hate it at the same time because it's like if it doesn't happen, then I have to I have a lot to answer to. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, you know, they, they can be an exciting team. So, uh, definitely a, a team to watch. Um, Entertaining. No question very, about that. Very. Um, okay. So let's, uh, get, uh, our last sponsor in, which is rock auto. And with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store <clears throat> to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning when you can save time and money when using Rock Auto? Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and you can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about a section so they know that we sent you to them? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Uh, all right. We got a couple more to go. Uh, we are going to get to the Dallas Stars. So uh, a team that's coming back to the central. They were, uh, they, they went, I don't remember what name division. They were in the Honda division last year. So I don't remember which one they were in. Uh, Midwest. They, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but they, thanks to the uh, realignment of last year, left the central and now they are back or maybe they stayed in the central and the avalanche moved out. I think maybe the avalanche moved to the West. I think that's right. what it was. So uh, however you want to word this, they're coming back home to their, their normal spot against uh, their, their regular opponents. Uh, but what to expect from the Dallas stars. Let's uh, tune in and find out. What's going on, hockey fans? This is Dane with the Lockdown Stars podcast, and I'm here to talk about some of the predictions that I have for the Dallas Stars for this coming season and what should be a big season for Dallas Stars hockey. Jumping right in, I think the biggest storyline for the Dallas Stars in the 2021-2022 season will be the goalkeeper situation. Uh, we have Ben Bishop trying to fight his way back to the starting role after suffering a knee injury and having surgery on that knee. Um, he's doing his best to fight back to the starting goalkeeper position. Anton Hudobin um, is also on the move to prove that he is still an elite goalkeeper like we saw in the bubble in Edmonton in 2020. Um, and of course, uh, the Dallas Stars brought in 2016 Vizina Trophy winner Braden Holtby to the mix. Um, and he's having a pretty good preseason so far. So he is out to prove that he still has um, a little bit of magic left in the tank for this Dallas team. So it'll be interesting to see um, who starts for Dallas on opening night against the Rangers on October 14th. And it'll be interesting to see by the end of the season who has the most starts and who has played the best for Dallas this season at the goalkeeper position. The next thing I want to talk about um, is the key to success for Dallas this season. The Dallas Stars will have a successful season if their offense can keep pace with the defense. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Dallas has historically been, in the past few seasons, a defensive-minded team. Uh, and I think that that's 
that's not a bad thing to focus on. Um, and in fact, it's a good thing to focus on to try to stop the other team from scoring. Um, but there are times where Dallas's offense can and has gone cold um, and is not able to produce anything, putting more pressure on the team on the defensive side of the ice. So the Dallas Stars will have a successful season if their offense, especially their power play, can produce um, consistent offensive numbers night in and night out to take the pressure off the team on the defensive side of the rink. The Dallas Stars would have uh, an an unsuccessful um, 2021-2022 campaign if they can't close out close games. Last season, the Dallas Stars had 14 overtime losses while the league average was 6. 14 from the Dallas Stars when the league average was six in overtime losses. Dallas could not, for the life of them, find ways to close out close games. They were blowing leads, um, giving up ties in the final seconds of regulation or um, before overtime would end, before a shootout would come along. Um, And so Dallas will not have success this season if they are unable to, um, to come up clutch and close out the close games. I think a guy um, on Dallas's roster this season that a lot of Stars fans know and love, um, but maybe the rest of the NHL community isn't quite cut up on yet, is Denis Gurionov. Um, I think Denis Gurionov is due to have a really, really nice season. I'm not going to say a huge season. I'm not predicting that he will be um, the face of the Stars by the end of the season, but he did have a really nice, quiet 30-point season last year, and I think with his healthy teammates coming back, Tyler Sagan, Alexander Radulov, Rupe Hintz, uh, I think he's set to have a nice season season with the focus going on those guys I think a lot of teams will fail to properly game plan for Dennis as he is a scrappy and fast skater out on the ice he's a lot of fun to watch I think by the end of the season more people in the NHL will know the name Dennis Gurionov and they will come to fear that name and lastly my prediction for the Dallas Stars this season is simply this Stanley Cup or bust You heard it here first. I think the Dallas Stars will find their way back to the Stanley Cup final. And not only do I think they'll find their way back, I think they have a phenomenal chance, a great chance to win this year's Stanley Cup. Call me a homer all you want. You can say, oh, you cover the Stars. You have to say that. And uh, trust me. I'm not just saying that because I cover the Dallas Stars. I genuinely think that this team has the pieces, it has the coaching, and it has the talent on this team to make a deep playoff run and make it back to the Stanley Cup Finals and compete to win and bring the trophy back to Dallas, Texas. So my prediction officially for the Dallas Stars is that their season will end in the Stanley Cup Finals, hopefully hoisting the trophy at center ice and eventually bringing that trophy back to the 214. Those are my predictions for the Dallas Stars this season. Let me know what you think on Twitter. Tweet at me at Dane double underscore Lewis, and I'd love to talk about the Stars season with any of you. All right. Well, my jaw is on the floor. Uh, <laughs> Dane, uh, one of our newer hosts over at the Lockdown NHL side well, of uh, Lockdown. It was Podcast supposed to be a bold prediction, right? I mean, amen. Amen. Hey, and, and yeah, I mean, we're all homers. Every show that we all host, we're all, of course, we want our team to go far. So, and that's the beauty of hockey. You never know. You never know. All you have to do is get into the the playoffs and then. Anything is possible. Let the chips fall where they may, and uh, you can make a run at it. I will say this. Uh, he he is completely right about the offense needing to keep up with the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, dare I say this is kind of a boring team to watch. Sometimes that's okay. Is that the worst thing in the world to, to play that style of, of hockey? Nobody ever says that about my team, so. Never, never. <laughs> 
but look where it's got them the past exactly. couple of years. They're right exactly. on the cusp. So uh, it's not a bad thing, but it's not it's not fun to watch from a viewer standpoint. But he's right about that. Do they have the offensive power to to compete for a full season? It, that's going to be the question. And then I, I think the other question is this. You know, they have three goalies. How do they sort of divvy up the minutes? Who's going to establish himself as the number one? And, you know, most playoff teams, they ride a hot goalie. Who will be that hot goalie for the Dallas Stars? Yeah. How do you how do you decipher who's who, you know, right in the hot? I mean, the league is turning into a, a a tandem goalie league, and you need tandem goalies. And I fight with Adam all the time on this show, but he, he he's well, he's got Vasilevsky, so it's like we don't need a, a backup. But you know, it, so I get where he's coming from. Uh, but you know, the other thirty-one teams in the league need that tandem goalie. They have three, three. <laughs> so uh, it will be interesting to see how they navigate that for sure. So, um. All right, we have let me let me set this up because I, I just got the uh, our Blackhawks guys their video in here. So I think this is the right one. I'm gonna make sure I yeah, there we go. All right. Um another team which man uh turned it around relatively quickly. They they were they were saying how you know they're they're gonna they're rebuilding. They even sent that letter out to their 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 mm-hmm. fans saying we are rebuilding. This is going to be you know just hang tight, and I, that didn't last very long. And it didn't surprise me because they have some talent on the team. Made some good offseason moves. Whether you like uh, the Seth Jones move or not, it was a good move. So uh, how do we think the the Chicago Blackhawks are going to do? Let's uh, tune in and find out. This is going to be a, an interesting year, no doubt. What's up, everyone? This is Jack Bushman from Locked On Blackhawks here for the Blackhawks portion of the Locked On Podcast Network Central Division Preview. First question, what is the single biggest storyline to watch with your team this season? I think the biggest storyline to watch for the Blackhawks this year will be how Seth Jones and Jake McCabe come in and make an impact on the team. Obviously, the ideal impact that the Hawks are hoping for is that those two are going to come in and lead the way on the back end and make this whole, make this team a whole lot stronger in the defensive zone than we've seen the past couple of years. But so far, I know it's only been two preseason games, but in those two preseason contests, one paired together, neither Seth Jones nor Jake McCabe have looked all that good. They haven't looked very comfortable out there and they've each committed several turnovers and also some bad decisions on the defensive side as well. So um, whether or not, they remain together as that top defensive pairing is to be determined. But either way, I think those two could have the biggest impact, good or bad, on the Blackhawks and how they perform this season. Next, this will be a successful season for the Blackhawks if I'm going to say this is going to be a successful season for the Blackhawks if they finish in the top half in the league in terms of shot uh, shots on goal against and goals against the last handful of years as I just talked about the Hawks have been plagued by poor defense and they found themselves in the bottom third of the league in each of those two departments on a consistent basis so I I think the defense is really going to be the key and the determining factor for this Blackhawks team and as I mentioned before Seth Jones and Jake McCabe are now here Connor Murphy's in an ideal number three role we still got Calvin DeHaan 
And then there's plenty of youngsters uh, on the back end that are coming up through the system as well that this team is excited about. Um, and not to mention, we also have 2021 Vesna Trophy winner Marc-Andre Fleury in net now. So there's really no excuses for this team, uh, in my opinion, to not finish in the top half of the league in terms of shots on goal against and goals against. Next, this will be an unsuccessful season if I'm going to say this is going to be an unsuccessful season for the Blackhawks if their penalty kill doesn't get it together and if the new acquisitions don't come in and make an immediate positive impact to the team. Starting with the penalty kill, for far too long, it's been an Achilles heel for the Blackhawks. And even just a couple of days ago, back on Monday against Detroit, we saw they managed to score four power play goals in a single game. Absolutely unacceptable. So, if the Blackhawks, um, if they let that burn them once again this year, then they're going to have a hard time, A, holding leads, and then B, they're also going to find themselves playing from behind far too often than they'd like. Also, I think this could be a, a tougher year for the Blackhawks if those immediate impacts don't, if those guys, uh, the new acquisitions don't come in and make uh, a huge difference for this team. Seth Jones, Jake McCabe, Marc-Andre Fleury, as I said, and that I'll even throw Tyler Johnson in there too. All those guys are playing major roles for the Blackhawks this year, and they're going to be not only counted on, but expected to produce and handle said roles well. So if those new guys struggle, especially Jones and McCabe, as I mentioned earlier, um, then it could be a tougher year, especially in a brutal central division than Blackhawks fans are hoping for. Next, who is a relatively unknown player on your team who could become a household name by season's end and why? Oh, oh man, I, I'm probably going to go. I know he's not relatively unknown in the Chicagoland area or for anyone who's a fan of the Blackhawks, but I still don't think people who aren't following the team, I don't think they understand just how good Brandon Hagel is going to be like, this kid has all the tools. He, he can play grindy. He can play a skill game as well. He's got good speed. He's a force to be reckoned with on the defensive side of things as well. He forces a ton of turnovers. Uh, and it still seems like he's just scratching the surface. So uh, I'm probably going to go with Brandon Hagel for my pick to become a household name by season's end. Last, my official prediction for how the Blackhawks season will end. Uh, ultimately, I do think that the Blackhawks have the talent now to be a playoff team. Finally, I know it is a deep central division, as I just said. So um, I don't think they're going to crack the top three, but I definitely think they'll be in the hunt for one of those final two wildcard spots, especially with the Pacific division division shaping up not to be all that deep. Um, so I, I think the Blackhawks do ultimately make it to the playoffs, but at the same time, it's hard to say that in that first round, they could go in there and beat a top seeded team. So, um, yes, I do think the Blackhawks are getting back to the playoffs for the first time since 2017, but sadly will be first round exits in the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs. For season long coverage on the Chicago Blackhawks, be sure to check out the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your team every day. I love the the room Jack is uh, reporting from. I mean, can you tell he's a, a Chicago fan? He's got not some at all. Cub, he's got some Cubs stuff. He's got some Blackhawks stuff. He's, he's some, 
Oh my god, yeah, that that's a nice baseball collection he's got back there. Jeez. Uh so I like Chicago. I think they're going to turn around. I do. I agree with him. I, I think they're kind of in that Winnipeg where they're maybe just another year away from maybe even getting even further. Um, but they have some good veterans on this team that can take them pretty far. So uh, you, you never know what you're going to get from Chicago. And they're like you were saying with St. Louis, don't underestimate St. Louis because just with their pedigree. Uh, I kind of feel the same way about Chicago right now. They will give you a fight each and every night every, that you're out on the ice. They will. And, you know, I love the Mark andre Fleury acquisition. I think that's a great pickup to add some immediate stability. And the other thing is sort of like what we said about Nashville, Stan Bowman, don't underestimate him either. He right. he knows what he's doing. Uh, you know, I had I, I was lucky enough to meet his father a couple of times. To oh, me, the, the greatest coach that I've ever seen uh, in the NHL. And, uh, you know, Stan Bowman knows how to build a team, and he will have this Blackhawks team contending again before we know it. I think they're a year away from being serious contenders. They'll fight for that last playoff spot this year, and they'll either just make it or just miss it when when push comes to shove. Yeah, and one player that he didn't uh, name who I absolutely love is Kirby Doc. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, he was selected right before – uh, the Avalanche picked at number four, and the Avalanche got Bowen Byram out of the deal. I'm not complaining about it, but uh, you know, if he had fallen to the Avalanche at four, they would have had a decision to make, and he would have we'd have been right either way. But uh, Doc is looking like a a all star in the making, uh, and got hurt at the beginning of last year. You know, he broke his wrist, and he was out for most of the season last year. So, kind of like a lost season for him. He's re- amped up, ready to go. So, uh, be on the lookout for Kirby Doc. Um, all right. And we are ending it and I am not doing this intentionally with Arizona coyotes. I'm not saving them for last because not much is expected out of them this year. Uh, if you've been following locked on NHL throughout the week, uh, the, the coyotes video has been shown in the Pacific division. So we haven't caught up yet to, uh, the, the coyotes moving from the Pacific to the central, uh, so they were they were shown accidentally in the not accidentally, but well, I guess accidentally in the Pacific uh, Division show. So if you didn't watch that and you're tuning in just to because you, your, your team is in the Central Division, you want to see what else is going on in the division. Uh, we're going to show it again. So I didn't want to roll it again earlier in the episode. And I promise you, Arizona Coyotes hosts, we're not just saving you for last. People care about Arizona Coyotes. Yes. I, I promise you that. So. Uh, it's a good one though. So stay tuned for that. This is our, this is our last one. And then, uh, Gil and I will come back and kind of wrap things up for, uh, this look into the central division. So here we go with the Arizona. Hey everyone, this is Robin and Carl for locked on coyotes, giving your preview for the Arizona coyotes in their upcoming season, 2021, 2022, first time in the central division. You got a lot to talk about. Oh yeah, we definitely do. A big thing that's going to be going on for the Coyotes this year is the Phil Kessel trade watch. Um, He's a veteran. He's on the way out. It's the final year of his contract. Coyotes are rebuilding. They're definitely going to be looking to shop him throughout the season. And you can expect him to hopefully be playing up to a, a high standard to build that trade value. And that, and, that, and that's also something that we that a lot of that I think you and I were talking about for quite a while, too. Right. You know, it's, you know, Rick Tockett's gone. So it's like. All right, Phil Kessel yeah. wants out now. 
Yeah, he wants out, and I mean, he's getting up there in age. He wants to be on a winner, and the Coyotes are not going to be a winner for a long time. And that's just the recipe for, you know, a veteran leaving the team. And that and that, and that kind of leads us to you know more more of this preview and you know talking about what would define a successful season for the Arizona Coyotes. And we're actually giving this a little bit different, you know, than probably what most hosts are going to be saying what a successful season is for their teams. Because to us, a successful season for the Arizona Coyotes is committing to the rebuild and getting the first overall pick and picking up Shane Wright. If not the first overall pick, definitely very high pick at this draft, right? A top three. You want a top three. Guys have not had good luck with the lottery in the past. They're hoping that this will finally be their year. And unfortunately that's the best hope that they can have. Yeah. And like, and again, if it's not Shane Wright, there are some really good picks out there. I was looking at, you know, the, uh, the, the prospect rankings and um, there are some, I mean, this is a deep draft. It's coming up. Yeah. It's a deep draft. And that kind of goes into what an unsuccessful season would be like, you know, where the coyotes don't make the playoffs, but they're, better than expected and they end up finishing in the middle and end up with like a 10 through 15 pick. It's not committed to the rebuild. It's not going to help the team at all. It's worst case scenario for the team. Yeah. That's what you don't want. And it's, and again, it's because to really look at it, like they shouldn't be playing well. Um, I mean, look at the talent of this team. And, but at the same time, what we've talked about, before is that this is a team that has nothing to lose like and yeah. that this is a team that has something to prove they do a lot of the so, players have something to prove so like some of them want to have better seasons and they might try to have better seasons and it could hurt them it could hurt the team in the end eventually yeah it, it's a lot of people on the team who are looking for redemption and you know I would say the Coyotes wouldn't be too sad if they over-excel because that just means higher trade value. Um, and that'll give some of the younger players a chance to shine, you know, last quarter of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, something I'm curious about, Carl, to you is uh, who do you think is someone maybe that we don't know about right now that or a name that some people don't know about that will well, eventually become a someone like hey this person is it gonna be a really good coyote uh it goes back to one of the younger players that we were talking about uh connor timmons was acquired from the colorado avalanche by the coyotes this past year uh he struggled with injuries in the past uh lost a whole year of his career and his development but he looked good for the avalanche uh last year he's gonna have a much better chance to have a bigger role with the coyotes I think he could definitely be a very solid addition for the team and someone that, you know, people are going to hear about in the next couple of years. You know, I was really excited for that trade when they got Connor Timmons too, because uh, he was a highly, you know, sought after prospect that we just didn't, no one got a chance to see much of in the first place because Colorado didn't have enough space on their roster for a, you know, to fit in Connor Timmons and someone of his place now, obviously, because they already got like someone like Kale McCarr on their team, for example. So yeah, they don't, he they was just like, buried in that depth. So it was, it was kind of like, oh, he's going to get buried there. And he was like a, like a restricted free agent. And, you know, the Coyotes acquired his rights. And we're just like, okay, we got something going here. Let's see what we can make out of it. 
Yeah, he definitely has a really high um, upshot. By no means a guarantee, but definitely looks good for the Coyotes. Um, and more importantly, he's going to be a year that kind of, uh, or he's going to be a player that develops in the next few years because I think we're both of the agreement that the Coyotes are going to be finishing at the dead last of the division this year, probably bottom of the standings. Would you agree? Yeah, this team is going to be, um, I mean, they're already facing a tough division as it is. The central division is going to be uh, one of the probably more talented divisions in the NHL. And for the Coyotes to be a rebuilding team, yeah, they're going to, I mean, like, I don't see them going any other place than dead last in the division, close to dead last in the entire league. Like, this team is going to be probably facing a, uh, like, a pretty low point total. Like, not going to look good. No, it is not. But it's all part of the plan, um, and that's what the Coyotes are going to be next year, probably. That's that is what it's going to be next year. And if you want to learn more about what's going to be coming up for the Arizona Coyotes season, be sure to follow us on Twitter. We are at LO underscore Coyotes. Uh, that is the podcast Twitter page. Also found wherever you get your podcasts. We are personally at Rowdy101 and at Kyle Pavlik FFH. You can interact with us if you have a question about the Coyotes. You can ask either one of us and we'll be able to answer right back. Uh, Robin, <clears throat> Carl, we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, 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 you know, when, when, when it's a successful season, if you get the number one overall pick, not what you want to be rooting for, but it is something to root for, I guess. And, and, you know, for the avalanche, uh, it wasn't that long ago where they were in that position and, and, and you were hoping for the number one pick. They didn't get it. They got the worst possible outcome for them which was fourth, but they got Kale McCarr out of that. So it's not all doom and gloom uh, if, you know, you were, you're hoping to get the number one pick and you don't, especially no. with this draft coming up next year because it's a very, very deep draft. So uh, thoughts on Arizona and what's going on over there? Well, look, it, it's going to be a long year for the Arizona Coyotes if you're hoping they're going to be a winning team. But I think – the, the change in divisions doesn't do them any favors. They would have been much better off staying in the Pacific, at least as far as contending this year is concerned. Mm -hmm. But there are some young players who you want to start looking at, who you want to start building a, a, around. And, and then you have to think about the future, as you said, getting that number one pick uh, or, or, or close to it and getting some of those building blocks in place. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, to me, the big concern, the, the the big reason I don't think this team is going to contend, goaltending. Look, I mean, just look at where they're at with the goaltending this year. I don't think they have the kind of goaltending that's going to steal a lot of games. And when you have a young team in front of you and an inexperienced team in front of you, you need a goalie who's going to stand on his head and steal a few games. But, you know, as they said, that maybe that's not part of the plan. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, it, it, do you feel like this could be a historically bad team? Like, are they going for the worst possible point total in history? Or are they not that bad? Uh, we'll see. That You know, I, I remember the first year Washington Capitals, eight wins in 80 games. That was, uh, cool. you know, that was yeah. scary. Uh, yeah. But I don't think we're quite at that level. But I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility either. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, the, you know, the thing that you can always look at for, for teams that are kind of like me in the bottom of the standings um, are guys that do stand out. And, and, you know, these guys are playing for contracts. This is their job. You know what I mean? So maybe they're these guys that are in contract years, if they don't want to join Arizona next year, they need to play well. So another team offers them, so, you know, value. So you're going to have guys working their butt off and they're not just going to lay flat and just because nobody's expecting much from them. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to they're going to compete as best as they can. I think we can say that for sure. And there's no pressure. Right. Just go out and play. Just go and, do your thing. Exactly. Nothing's being expected of you. Just just go out and 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 for the young guys, that's good because you can just learn stuff and you can learn how to be an NHLer. And, uh, you know, for, for the older guys, like I said, you're playing for uh this is your job this is what you're you're paid to do so you have to continue to do it so um that'll be it for for us today man tomorrow on friday's episode we have uh the metropolitan division so uh tune into that and you will get gills uh wonderful video up can, can we get can we get a like a sneak preview is there any anything you want to throw out or, or are you going to make us wait uh, I, I, I will say that your prediction mm. that you made, I wasn't that far away from your prediction. So, okay. All let's right. put it that way. That, that's enough to make me want to watch. So let's, let's do it. All right. Uh, thank you for sitting in for Adam. He was busy tonight with work. So, uh, I know I can always rely on you to fill in. So I greatly appreciate it, sir. Thanks for having me in any time. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, follow Gil, at his locked on Islanders show. And if you're watching on YouTube, his uh, Twitter handle's right on the bottom there. But if you're just listening, uh, throw it out there. Uh, at Ice Wars NYR vs NYI is the is the Twitter handle, and Locked On Islanders wherever you get podcasts. And also, as you mentioned before, I host the Monday Locked On NHL show. Correct. All right. So that's going to do it for the Central. Hope everybody enjoyed that, learned something, and are looking forward to a uh, another good. Uh, hockey season in the central division it should be a fun one so uh thanks again gil and uh, we'll see everybody next thursday i'm assuming adam will be back um if not i'll probably call gil up again and and sit it so who knows but that's going to be it everybody thank you for tuning in and uh we'll see everyone next week